everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks respectively throughout their season as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. What's up all you cock and balls and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. I am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and joining me as always is all vol Tyler McDaniel T-Mac. It is the end of the regular football season. We have gone past... Into All the of regs. the conference championships, mm-hmm. the bowl games are now set, college football playoff semifinals are set at this point. Yes. How you feeling about it? The first little bit, I, I, I'm also kind of a, a weird sports fan in the fact that like I can feel bad for some, like I'll be like, oh man, that sucks. Like I feel bad for that. Oh man. Like I'm kind of a too nice of a sports fan. So, you know, like, I, I felt things like I felt bad for Georgia, even though I hate Georgia, not getting a chance to three-peat because of a group of people. Right. I felt bad for Florida State because they're undefeated and they didn't get in. And, right. Uh, and like I said early on in this show that I've always kind of had this subtle mentality like, look, if you're undefeated, you're the best. So let's put them up. Some of them might not belong. But over time, I've become less like that in realizing more of like strength of scheduling and, and third party locations and stuff like that. So I thought more about the Florida State thing. And I went back and I, I you know, watched clips of those last few games. And I kind of have to agree with, even though I hate committees and commissions and selections and stuff like that, I just don't like that kind of stuff. I do agree with TJ Watt. Okay, these top six are chosen, there's a bunch of outrage. Give one and two the bye and let the others play. Yeah. Which we're, then, we are finally going to get to a point with that. But, you know. But why does it have to be expanded to 12? Why not just do the top let's six? Let's just do the top. Let's just one do the whole two, thing. Yeah, one and two gets the bye. Yeah. And then. Let's do it this year. Let's go ahead and just delay everything and give a whole other weekend and let Florida State make a make a statement for himself. And if they lose, mm, well, they didn't belong anyways. Right. So and in that case, you and would I'm, have I'm that mentality with everything. Let everything play out. Yeah, you would have three and six versus each other, and four and five. Let versus them play. Each other. Let them. Let them. They can talk all they want that they belong in the top four. Right. But, but until you the last have, few weeks of Florida State, I gotta now say they weren't the same team. No, they weren't. They they had five ten yards of offense in the first quarter in that last game they played, mm-hmm. they they just weren't the same team. So I do get that. As much as I hate committees and commissions and selections because there's so much bias that can go into things, and it does suck to say you're undefeated, you haven't been beaten, but at the same time, you also barely beat Louisville who lost to Kentucky. Right. So, like, yeah, you're undefeated, but, like, like Liberty, they're undefeated. Do I think they could go toe-to-toe with any of those other six teams? No. Mm, probably not. No, I don't. They're great. Kudos. Which is why there should be a group of five playoff yes. and a power five As playoff. As we've talked about, and I talked about that with Dad. I told him our whole mentality, and he listens to the show, and he was like, I think that, that we're getting to the point where that's only fair. 
Yeah. Do the Power Five playoffs and the Group of Five playoffs. Both will will spur a champion. Yeah. And we'll all be now, pretty even now, playing field. Now, would we ever have it as a situation where a Group of Five champion would take on a Power Five champion? No. 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 There's not like then a pl- uh, after all that a final game where Group of Five champ takes on a, there, a, there wouldn't the, be that the it's, quote unquote Super Bowl yeah. like the NFC yeah. versus the exactly. AFC. We wouldn't yeah. do that. It would just be you can get a champion from Group of Five and a champion from Power Five, which I think. And then you have a Power Five exactly. national champion. You have a G Five. Yes, G Five and P Five. And yeah. and I think that we're eventually going to get to that. We're eventually going to be laid out like the NFL and and like the vicious circle that we always talk about. Life is then. In twenty years, we'll go back to what we are now because it's just gotten too big. So, it's just a, a vicious circle, but. We are a few couple weeks from bowl games starting and Yeah, as a matter of fact. So we got a lot of stuff to still talk about even though the regular season's over and we've got some already some transfer portal news, um, which I'm interested to hear uh your mentality on one of them because a certain other orange team has popped up as a favored location for Juice Wells. Yes. I, I've recently <laughs> seen that, um, and yeah, I do. I said God, I, he's gonna be angry. <laughs> I do have a mentality on that, and if it is a situation to where Wells does wind up playing for the Volunteers, and we don't play each other, it, right? <laughs> I know we don't play each other, which that's probably would be would perfect. make it more more palatable. If we did, he would have so many hate tackles. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's probably the best for him. No, honestly. If he does. No, honestly, I don't think that would be the case. I don't think there would be any other additional... uh, um, Malice? Malice from the other players. The... the, I, I have a new perspective on this, and it was actually something that was brought up and, and presented by a coach. Okay. Um... And and this is someone who is a, a, a rather tenured coach. It, the the name is never given in where I found this source material. So I don't have the name of the coach to be able to give, but the the thought process behind it one hundred percent makes sense now looking at it from more of the player's perspective. The only person or the only people that really are getting overly Upset, or dare just go ahead and say pissed off in these situations, are the fans, because the fans are the one who have the full fledged loyalty in what the current NIL and portal scenario is. There is no more loyalty from the athlete. The loyalty is now strictly only from the fan base. Is the player's loyalty to bettering their life? Yes. Their family. Their that That is their entire goal. And how can you turn around and fault someone for wanting to better themselves, better their chances, better their potential outcome, regardless of whether or not that's exactly what happens, but to them, if there is something that they can do to better themselves in whatever capacity... Then who, it's a very optimistic who, who way is, of looking at who it. Who is anyone to, to say... Screw you for better yeah. wanting to better yourself. Because you wouldn't say it as an employer. 
No, and you've I, had so many people say, "Hey, this has been great, but I'm turning in my two weeks because I have this opportunity to better myself." Yeah, and and at you're no just like, time, right, right, "Yeah, good job, good, good glad, for you. glad for you." Yeah. I'm actually call happy me if for you, you ever need situation. a situation. You, you need a, a reference, absolutely. reference, whatever. Yeah. yeah. About that though, do you know if Juice's nil is from like? like Nike or is it a donor or do you know any specifics of his because I would imagine if it's a donor it stays at the donor would probably have written in like well if you transfer it's not going with you but someone like Nike or, or whatever it would probably transfer so with the way that a majority of these things seem to be working and the more that I kind of try to delve into the world of collectives NIL mm-hmm. uh, different things like that it seems to be more of a situation to where there is a collective pool of funds that oh, are okay. donated through individuals, anonymous donors, you know, wanting to be named donors, however, um, to a collective pool. However, should a donor, you know, want to add funds or allocate funds specifically for a specific person? then that's something that can be brokered. Um, And I think there's some of those things, and this is where some more like contracts, like actual contracts are going to come into play. Um, But as it stands right now, for the most part, so for the Gamecocks, it's the Garnet Trust is is the organization who who handles basically 90-whatever percent of all NIL deals for uh, Gamecock athletics. So there are a multitude of companies that want to work with the athlete to be able to you know do whatever so the the garnet trust acts as an agent in a sense and brokers whatever the deal would be between the uh, business Mm -hmm. or whatever that's wanting to put forth the money for that specific player to be able to do stuff. But then there's also like your general booster donors and stuff like that. Like people who buy the season tickets or people who in this case would be, you know, rooster boosters or part of the, you know, the Gamecock club or whatever the case may be. And then, you know, you pay however much per year or whatever the monthly fee or whatever the case may be, you get your decal um, you know your your sweat or shirt or whatever your uh, uh, rally towel yeah. for the season, and then you get to choose you know two seats or whatever for whatever home game for the season, uh, based on whatever level. And of course, the higher you donate or whatever, then you can get eventually up into you know box yeah. seats and yeah. things like that. And then all of that money winds up going to pay some of these players you know what some of their like stipends would be or if you've got somebody who nobody's wanting to really do a specific direct deal with then they can come in and say well we've got four hundred thousand dollars that's in the collective we can afford to you know give this kid fifty thousand dollars for the year yeah. To be able to, you know, help out with some stuff or whatever the you case know, may we'll be. We'll give you fifty grand. Um, but with that comes like you have to come to this. X number of appearances, appearances and stuff like and, that, going to different fundraisers or outreach. Yeah, yeah. community outreach. Yeah, those types of things. So yeah. I mean it's beyond what the the 
appear on podcasts, appear on, you yeah. know. Yeah, you have to be on Barstool. Yeah, those types of things. Um, uh, Gamecock Central, mm-hmm. uh, they do the Garnet Trust Hour, and recently they had um, perceived front runner for Gamecock's QB next year, Lenora Sellers. Yeah. In the rec specs, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I yeah, remember that, yeah, yeah. They had him on uh, as their main guest here recently, and he's already starting to do some media sessions with, you know, members of the press, uh, members of Gamecock Press, and stuff like that. Um, and we that need to is, talk to our owners about right? joining in on some NIL stuff for... Uh, potentially for, for some, going some, both directions. Some conversations. Yeah. You know, like, let's get... Let's get uh, uh, I'm Oliva in here to talk on the Cardi yeah, Top I, podcast. I was going to say, I mean, if it's one of those situations where it's like $100 a year and we get a couple of tickets to a home game, uh, we might be able to do some yeah, giveaways coverage or whatever. Coverage, yeah. But yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll that's, talk about that after as far the as new the, year with them, with yeah, the owners. Getting, getting it, uh, you know, more in-depth into the world yeah. of NIL and stuff like that. I mean, it's these different ways that players can get paid apart from the the royalties that they would make from jersey sales yeah. or from you know the bonus that one now that the game is coming back this summer yeah some one player in the entire NCAA is going to get a nice bonus because, because they're, they're on the front cover. of the game yeah yeah and then of course everybody will get a portion yeah some allocated amount of funds to every college that's to every college the student game. that. Yeah that has their name, you know, featured mm-hmm. on the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that stuff. But speaking of all this stuff, what is the, the transfer news that, that sticks out to you out of the last few days? Because I know one of Bama's did. Uh, well, for me, um, Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, Arkansas running back, and the main reason as far as that one is because the fact that he is taking an official visit mm-hmm. to the Gamecocks. So... Mario Anderson, Super Mario, potential that he is going to be leaving, uh, which is unfortunate. Very. Uh, But there's also the potential that we could have one of the best running backs in the SEC. Well, and that's the thing is like coming in and joining. I love that you say about the transfer portal is like yeah, the door swings both ways. Like yeah, it might you might be like ah dang, Mario's leaving. He had some pretty good games, Uh, but with him leaving, someone will come. The door swings both ways with this transfer portal. I, I know that we, I, I haven't seen any specific names, but we have like 12 or 13 already in the transfer portal. Like I said, I haven't seen specific names that really stuck out yet, uh, but we will uh, be diving more into, especially once we get out of these bowl games and bowl season, into in-depth transfer portal talk. Yeah, right now, with everything just getting started with the portal, there are so many things that can happen. And with it being that, I don't want to necessarily say a revolving door, in a sense it is from season to season. Um, and right now, that door is is going to be open and available through the holidays. I mean, uh, we're just now getting ready to come up on early signing season, yes. too. So, uh, well, we actually are in, I think, early signing season. Um, matter of fact, there have been a number of Gamecocks that have signed NIL deals going into the uh, 2024 season, including uh, what was listed as number two backup quarterback, uh, Luke Doty. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turn wide receiver has signed another deal and will be playing another year for the Gamecocks. At this point, what so position more, is unknown at this point? But possible. yeah. Uh, so some of the people that are being name dropped aside from Juice is uh, for Tennessee is uh, we are apparently hosting tight end Holden States from Notre Dame this week. Uh, Addison Nichols is uh, leaving here. And that's the thing is, is, is he's looking at Vandy. Uh, we've offered uh, to UConn tight end Justin Jolie. Uh, so, I mean, Oklahoma QB Dylan Gabriel is entering the transfer portal. But, I mean, with Amaliva and our four or five star coming in after him, under him, I, I don't see many quarterbacks transferring to Tennessee. Um, Coming to, no. Yeah, but I do see a lot of tight ends. I, I think we have some defensive players that are that are slated to enter and leave Tennessee. Some people who didn't get as many reps this year. And I get that. Right. Like, that's the thing I do get. I'm like, if you can find somewhere, like you said, to better yourself. Like, But if you're find somewhere that I know you know you're going to get reps, more reps at. Right. I don't have anything for you. You know, like, by well, I mean, all means. The thing about it is, is, okay, yeah, a college football team, you're allowed to have 150X number of players. Yes. 150-something yes. players. Okay. Out of those 150 kids, 11 can take the field per oh. side of the ball. Yeah. You have 22 kids that can wind up taking the field at any and given point in time. And they have the best of the best. The best of what you have available in what your pool of players is. Yes. Now you have backups, yeah, because people and get you injured. have people on practice Tired. squad and stuff like that. People who know that they're going to go in and going to be able to have the benefit, yes, of getting a college education. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, they know that they're not going to make it to the next level in that capacity. That the only thing that they are going to be good as far as for a collegiate football team is going to be on the practice squad for the most point, unless they elevate themselves beyond. But if they're not being able to, if they're not being able to get to that point, then this is where, you know, the the portal discussion had kind of started off with and the, the new perspective that I was given on it is the fact that if they are not, and like you just mentioned, you know, if they aren't getting those reps and stuff like that, they could transfer out to a school to where they more than likely will wind up getting the opportunity to get more reps and to, you know, more than likely find them way, find themselves finding a way into a starting lineup somewhere. Yeah. On the other hand, though, is you have a larger, a significantly larger number of kids that do wind up entering the transfer portal that just wind up going nowhere. And it's unfortunate yeah. because you could have had a kid who had a, a scholarship to somewhere like, you know, Furman or SMU or something like that, New Mexico State, whatever the case may be, and they, you know, get a little bit too big for their britches, hop in the portal thinking that they're going to get a offer from somewhere or that they're going to get picked up by somebody. Yeah. And nobody winds up picking them up, and they don't have the opportunity to go back to the school that they were at. The school's like, oh, you just freed me up some cap space. And exactly. that's basically the thing in this, and that's what's happening with some of these what would be considered higher ticket players mm. for a, a, a particular institution for a particular school and the way that I'm kind of starting to look at it and I hate it because m- there are a lot of 
people in a given school's fan base that won't e- that either won't stop to think about this or lack the the mental capacity of being able to think about these yes. things in the fact that that player is is going to like we said earlier is going to do what they can to better themselves so you have to look at it from that aspect and from that mentality and not look at it as they're just they're bad people it's it's not that they're bad people they're just trying to make sure that they can make themselves a living because if these people do wind up going into the transfer portal and lose their scholarship and they don't get picked up by anywhere then they basically have to then decide to enter into the work world and they've given up a scholarship opportunity for an education as well as the potential for possibly landing some sort of NIL deal and being able to get some kind of and money. And possibly trying to evolve it into an NFL career. Right, and and that's part of it. And part of what the, the coach that I had mentioned earlier was saying, say you have somebody that winds up getting, commits to a place and signs to a particular school out of high school. Yeah. All right, they go in, they're there for years one and two, and for whatever reason, they redshirted their first year, so they're going to get the extra year of eligibility, still be able to have four years under their belt, even though they're going to be having played in college for five years. So say after year number two, they don't wind up getting as much playing time as they thought they were going to get, then or they did wind up getting playing time and wound up lighting it up. Well, usually whenever players light it up, the coach winds up getting recognition. The coach potentially gets offers to go somewhere else. Well, the way the transfer portal rules are written, if your head coach leaves and goes elsewhere, gets fired, whatever, you don't have to take the penalty of having to sit out for a year if you were already a, a, a two-time transfer at that point or have or had already transferred once at that point. Because the North Carolina guy has to sit, had to sit this year. Well, for a portion of the for year. For a portion of the year. Yeah. Um, second half of the season, he wound yeah. up coming back out. And then, weirdly enough, they wound up, after he came in, started losing games. <laughs> but that completely different discussion for a different day. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a situation to where, like I said, these, these kids are going to wind up, like in the instance with Juice Wells, like he lit it up. He came from D2, came in, lit it up was unable to play this year and where the main thing about it is with him is he was just taking money from the school yeah throughout the entirety of the year and then is going to be dipping that's where yeah. everybody has the problem with it yeah. not well, so much that, that you know that he's going elsewhere it's just in the way that it was handled yeah um and like i said you can I can find a, an amount of blame for that. Like he was getting paid throughout the entire year and getting paid whatever his dollars were and not performing throughout the entirety of the year. And the, the staff around the school being okay with, you know, well, he's not quite ready yet, whatever the case may be, and being able to continue that for him to wind up getting paid. But on the other hand, it's like, no, I mean, you're taking away money that can be used for someone else or that could be being used for someone else mm-hmm. in terms of trying to either maintain players or whatever the case may be. But now it's a full-on situation with the way the portal and NIL and everything else is working. You are having to look at 
whoever leaves or whoever you are bringing in is free agency. I mean, yeah. it it it's already been described as that, but it's full on. It's free agency in this point. And whenever you have a high caliber player like Spencer Rattler going to the NFL, uh, Juice Wells deciding to transfer out, you've just opened up salary space for what your team is and the possibility of bringing someone in either out of the portal or that frees up money to be able to pay someone to come out of the portal or frees up money to be able to get a higher caliber freshman coming in from the high school ranks mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So, I got to say, I have my top three favorites for Rattler to land is Vegas, Chicago, or St. Louis. The Mainly, uh, Derek Carr's hurt. Trevor's yeah. out. Right. So I saw that in a meme the other day. Uh said, well, I guess if we went by by the mentality that the selection committee did, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is out for the season. Jacksonville should just stop Jacksonville's playing. Jacksonville's done. They're, They're yeah, done. They should quit playing. So, yeah, I think there's some legs to stand on. Uh, some more – one of the big exciting ones that just happened in uh, – transfer portal is Ohio State QB. QB, yeah. Kyle McCord. Struggled a little bit at Ohio State this season, but he has entered the transfer portal, so a chance for a fresh start. Haven't really looked at the favorites for him to land. Uh, another one, Texas A&M DT, Walter Nolan. Yeah. Leaving A&M. One. Another big name. Um, There's actually a couple uh, defensive line players off of Texas A&M. Uh, that are defecting, that are hitting the portal. That were part of a solid defense. Massive pickups, yeah. So those will be massive pickups uh, to look forward to. Uh, one of the Tennessee guys leaving, uh, veteran uh, Brandon Turnage, came in from Alabama a couple, a few, couple years ago, still has a COVID season of eligibility, so he is transferring out of Tennessee, going somewhere else. He just could not find any, any playing time at Tennessee after right. coming. So, I, you know. Hats off to them. But the big ones, uh, Oklahoma QB and Ohio State QB, two big names hitting that transfer portal along with Alabama second or third string Yeah, and QB. here's here's the deal with that even so is you still have an entire another wave of this stuff that's going to happen after the bowl games as well as after – People saying like, "Oh, go ahead, I played my ball game. Games and now I'm going else. somewhere else." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So definitely tune in to Cocky Top. Oh, we'll any be other transfer portal? Yeah, any other coaching changes and stuff like that. Whenever those things happen, I mean, those are different reasons that will incite massive waves of people entering the transfer portal. So I am. This is just the beginning of this, I am this looking, roller coaster. I am looking for our OC Halsley's seat to be pretty hot coming out of our ball game been like you know uh, we probably need to start having some conversations I don't know I can't really name drop any other things that I can for sure see happening uh, with the orange and white except for maybe Halsley getting the boot surprisingly enough nothing has been mentioned there have been no rumors no grumblings no anything of any kind of staff changes at South Carolina despite going 5-7 and seven this last year. So either Beamer feels very, very confident in the 
cast and crew that he has established around him, and it was a situation to where we had the unfortunate luck of the number of injuries that were causing us to have the problems that we did during the 2023 campaign, or it may be a situation where even with staff, they're looking to try to either use that as motivation to get more money into the NIL and into the collective so that way they can go out and find a higher profile name Mm -hmm. for different positions within the organization. But hopefully, hopefully Beamer has baked in through 2025 the potential for, you know, continuing to be allowed to run the ship uh, there at South Carolina. But moving on and getting away from this, if you are afraid for the fact that there is no longer really any more weekly college football games, fear not. We actually do have one this weekend. We do. And that we do is, have a game this weekend. And that is the Army-Navy game. A legendary tradition in the college football world. Yes. Uh, this will actually be taking place in uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Ooh. As Army takes on Navy, uh, this game is set for 3 p.m. and it'll probably be the best game played in in Foxborough, in Foxborough. this entire year. <laughs> um, both Army and Navy are five and six on the season. Um, the weather is slated to be 43 degrees at kickoff. The current line is Army is favored by three points, and as it is with most service games, the over/under for this game is set embarrassingly low at 27 and a half and if you would like to be a part of this legendary game in an ugly cold stadium (laughs) you too can get your tickets for as low as 206 dollars yes there were championship games there were conference championship (laughs) games that were cheaper than the army navy game uh, and then, of course, beyond that, um, starting on December the 11th, December the 11th through January the 9th is officially a bowl stretch of season. Football. And then the one, of course, that we are going to be talking about, I am going to be temporarily taking the helm as an Iowa Hawkeye for that one since I married into a Hawkeye family. Oh, wow. Uh, that's and, that's and fair. Tennessee is taking on the Hawkeyes in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, I will be donning the black and gold for the Hawkeyes, and I will be... I got to look it up. I'm kind of embarrassed in the fact that I don't know exactly what the the cheer or the mantra <laughs> for the Hawkeyes in this case I would be. I think they just say caca caca. <laughs> I will say this. No, I will say this. Whenever they do their uh, game entrances, especially for the home games, um, they walk out to back in black. Yes, it is. It's a very good entrance. And at uh, Kinnick Stadium, um, whenever they're going from the first to the second quarter, uh, they do the Kinnick Wave, uh, which is the turnaround and wave to the Children's Hospital, which is just back over behind the stadium. Well, the first matchup out of the three matchups Tennessee and Iowa has had, we lost in 1982, 22-28. Then... We won in 87, 23 to 22, and then we won in 2015, 45 to 28. So the three times we have played Iowa, we are two and one. Two and one against Iowa. I remember the 2015 one. 
I remember that. It uh, definitely was not a very defensive-minded Iowa at that time. No, it seems this, like. this is, is, is an Iowa that is borderline very similar to A&M. They are a solid run defense. And if they show up, the way that I, that I would say this game has to go for Tennessee to have a victory is we have to score early. Early er, and often. Early and often. And, and Michigan and tire out the running defense for them. Michigan had a problem even getting going, honestly, throughout and the entirety the of the game. that's the number one team in the country. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about this game. I know there are some Vol fans that I've spoken to who are like, eh, Iowa again. I'm like, you can say again, but this is only our fourth time playing in the history of the of the team. Right. So, like, it's again because we played almost 10 years ago in a lot of people's memories. But right. at the same time, it's an Iowa who is a highly higher-ranked team than us. Right. And gave Michigan a game. So it has the potential to be in a very fun, exciting bowl game. It could be. It could be. And there is one other bowl game that I'm going to mention on this episode uh, before we wind up doing a little bit of housekeeping stuff and mm-hmm. wrap this one up. For the first time ever. Ooh, a first-timer. In, in my life. Friday, December the 29th, noon, while I'm watching ESPN, I am going to be saying, go blue. Go blue. I just remember, I just realized what you were talking about. Yes. Yes, you will be a, because, uh, a blue K- fan that day. Yes. Kentucky will be taking on Clemson uh, in Jacksonville at Everbank Stadium down there in Jacksonville, Florida. So I am, I am definitely going to be a, a Kentucky Wildcats fan. It's not an insane drive. It's not an insane drive. We should get some blue on and go down and and yell at Clemson. $48 for tickets. (laughs) It's cheaper than the Army-Navy game. And they are an SEC and an ACC team. That's crazy for me. It is. I think that's crazy. It is. Uh, We could always travel over to Memphis and go see uh, Memphis take on Iowa State. We could. And that Get one, some blue on and, and start chanting, go Tigers. $43 for there. Ole Miss, Penn State uh, in Atlanta. Oof. Uh, Auburn in Maryland, uh, Nissan Stadium over in Nashville. I'd cheer for Uncle Kiffin against Penn State. There you go. I'd cheer for Uncle Kiffin. Go. Well, guys, that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Yeah, just for a little, little short cocky top talk. For this episode, of course, uh, we are going to be keeping up, as Tyler mentioned earlier, uh, and bringing you all the information from both the uh, Tennessee program as well as the South Carolina Gamecocks program concerning the transfer portal, any new NIL deals or anything like that. And we will definitely be bringing you all of that information throughout the off season, And then, of course, getting into spring practice, which will be right around the corner, getting into spring games and everything else. Uh, but as a part of the the changing schedule right now, since we do not have any games that will be coming up weekly uh, or, you know, every single week, um, we are going to be cutting down the Cocky Top podcast to one day a week. It hasn't been decided if we're going to do Mondays or Fridays on that just yet, um, but we are still going to wind up bringing you an episode of the Cocky Top podcast Every single week, it will just be being cut down right now until we get back into season to just a single show throughout the week. Unless, of course, we find that we're going to be having enough or plenty of 
topics to discuss. And if our shows start getting too long, of course, then we'll break it back up and have it into two sessions. But for the time being, for the near future, uh, Cocky Top is going to be dropping down to just a single show per week. Guys, like I said, we've got Army-Navy this weekend coming up. We are a very, very few short weeks away from NFL playoffs beginning, uh, getting into the wild card rounds and everything else. We've got one regular season game left in fantasy football, and then we get into the playoffs at this point already. In a fast football season. Very much so, both collegiate and professional. It just seems like we were getting into uh, fall camp and the season is already over at this point, and it's three months long. So we will have a couple more episodes before we wind up getting to the Christmas season. But we definitely invite you, if you are planning on trying to get any kind of Christmas gifts for anyone in your family, especially any of the Cocky Top merchandise, any of the Between Two Barrels merchandise, or any 30 and Nerdy merchandise, make sure you go onto the website. We are beginning to get several Christmas designs dropped in onto the website, different holiday designs. So make sure and get in and check those out and get those orders in. We don't necessarily have a specific date, but I would venture to say the sooner the better that way you can make sure with it being a very very busy shipping season to get those orders in as soon as possible so you can hopefully guarantee to have those in for your holidays guys once again on behalf of all of all tyler mcdaniel i am forever to the gamecock temporarily hawkeye (laughs) black and gold all the way Uh, Brian Lowe, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, Make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.